Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast. Here are today's stories from the KMOX Newsroom. A group of Illinois state's attorneys defending the right to own assault rifles filing a friend of the court brief in opposition to Governor J.B. Pritzker's assault weapons ban. Madison County State's Attorney Tom Haynes says 24 million Americans own them and it would be unconstitutional to ban a gun that's already in common use. They are owned by many Americans, many Illinoisans who um, view them as an integral part of how they defend their home and their family. And I think the Second Amendment protects that right, and this law violates that right. About a third of Illinois state's attorneys, 32 of them, signed the brief against Pritzker's gun ban, while some 70 others did not. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. Today, BJC announced it's expanding its no-questions-asked gunlock pilot program at St. Louis Children's Hospital to more than 20 additional locations. The free locks are at kiosks at all emergency departments and at facilities and extensions around the region. You can also get one by request through the Children's Hospital website. If Kim Gardner survives the Missouri Attorney General's effort to remove her from office, she now has a political challenger hoping to take her out at the ballot box. Criminal defense attorney David Mueller says while he's against Gardner, he thinks it's wrong for the state to eject her. Jefferson City should not be involved in city politics. Mm -hmm. The Attorney General's uh, quo warranto is an overreach of his office. I don't believe he has the evidence to reach the incredibly high standard to remove an elected official. The 37-year-old Mueller describes himself as a progressive who wants to run to the left of Kim Gardner, not the right of her. Originally from Normandy, he graduated from Slough High and George Washington Law School and now lives in Tower Grove South with his wife and two children. Now's the right time to expand Interstate 70 to six lanes across Missouri. That's according to Morgan Mundell from Missourians for Transportation Investment. Right now is the perfect time to do so. Missouri is setting on billions of dollars of of surplus monies, both from uh, the federal COVID and, and economic stimulus and then uh, record revenue collections. Mundell says his group is lobbying the legislature profusely to reinstate I-70 expansion funding to the state budget. Preliminary damage assessments will be done this week in Bollinger County to see if the area is eligible for low-interest disaster loans after that EF2 tornado last week. State Emergency Management Agency coordinators have been on the scene since five people were killed in that tornado April 5th. Further damage documentation will determine whether more help is needed to support recovery. City SC riding a two-game losing streak after dropping on Saturday to the Seattle Sounders, who snatched the top of the table from St. Louis with a 3 nothing victory. Coach Bradley Carnell. You know, I thought going into the game pretty confident. Um, I thought we could have got something in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, the first half, uh, in my opinion, was exactly according to you know, how the game should have been played out. He was speaking on Total Information AM. It doesn't get any easier as the top team in the Eastern Conference, FC Cincinnati, travels to City Park this Saturday. Kickoff set for 7.30 on our sister station, Y98. City Park goes international tomorrow night. Tall red tulips are in full bloom at City Park as the women's national team is on the pitch, getting ready, practicing for the upcoming game. Becky Sauerbrunn is returning to her hometown as captain of the women's national team. She's attended Ladue High School, recently named their soccer field after. The game is a warm-up ahead of the World Cup, which starts in July. Tickets still remain 
Outside City Park, Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Tuesday's game in St. Louis will be the final match for the United States before the coaching staff selects its roster for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. From the KMOX business desk, when Grant's Farm opens this weekend, it will feature something new, a drone show on Friday and Saturday nights called Grant's Farm in the Sky. Grant's Farm president Doug Stogner says it will be uniquely St. Louis and is like a fireworks show with the drones performing highly choreographed movements to music and creating scenes. He tells the Business Journal he got the idea at the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions annual trade show in November. He wouldn't say how much the drone show will cost them, but it will cost visitors $12 to get into Grant's Farm in the Sky. The U.S. women's national team has arrived in St. Louis, preparing to play a friendly match against Ireland tomorrow at our new stadium, City Park, the home of St. Louis City SC. St. Louis native Becky Sauerbrunn, a defender and captain for the U.S. women's team, spoke with KMOX's Chris Ranji and Amy Marks, cores of the show. I have heard that the atmosphere in general is just crazy good, so excited, um, it's very much like a palpable energy that you can feel coming from the crowd. And that's, you know, when, obviously when they're supporting City. But hopefully, you know, we're hoping to get that same crowd when we play as well because it's kind of amazing what can happen when you have this crowd really rooting for you. Um, it's, it's an added gear that, you know, you want to reach and then the crowd can get you there. It's really cool. When you look at the crowd support, as you mentioned, well, and then you look at the support overall for the U.S. women's national team and how much momentum there is. I know you're very aware of the platform that you have, of the energy that this team has, and that has been building now for several generations of teams. Where do you see the sport of women's soccer right now? Where do you hope to see it in 10 or 20 years? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, we're in a really great spot right now in the U.S., and I would be very specific and say the United States. You know, we've got a great domestic league that's expanding every few years. It seems like it's really, like, coming into its own. You've got a national team that's just won pay quality, which is, you know, one of the first teams in the world to actually say that, that we've equalized all, all types of money from friendly games to World Cup prize money. And what I hope to see in the next 10 to 20 years is all the other women's teams around the world, all the other federations, getting the same investment and the same opportunity that we're getting here in the States. And we've achieved a lot. Like my, my team has fought for a lot. And our hope and what we want to do is to help other federations and other teams reach their goals. You know, I grew up playing ice hockey, and in, at least in St. Louis, I was probably a little early for the movement. Now there are a lot of women's ice hockey teams, and obviously that sport continues to grow. When it comes to women's national teams, pro teams, pro leagues, how much interaction is there between the players saying, okay, this is what we're up against as female soccer players or female hockey players, and how do we grow our sport and our league? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the female hockey team because when they were going through their own, I think it was CBA negotiations or just they were getting ready to strike for better working conditions, there was a decent amount of communications between the two groups just kind of talking about experience, you know, what we did in this situation, um, how we leveraged sponsors or um, the public, you know, all those different things that can add, you know, leverage. And um, it's, it's, we see it also in the WNBA. And so I would say there's a fair amount that goes behind the scenes. And I think you'll see publicly, you know, there'll be 
messages on social media of support and things like that. But I know that our Players Association, our executive directors are talking to to basketball and to hockey and to a bunch of different sports. And so we're all just trying to elevate one another and help, you know, lift that platform even more. How much progress, and I, I know there's data out there, but just from feel, being an athlete, being a professional athlete, does it feel like a lot of progress has been made over the last five to ten years? Very, very much so. And I have been playing professionally for over a decade. I've been on this national team for over a decade. And the growth of the game as far as professional standards, uh, working conditions, pay, um, the steps that have been made are truly great. We're not where we need to be, but there is progress. And now we just need to keep pushing that ceiling higher and higher. It's so interesting to look at women's sports across the globe because so much of women's sports and whether or not a sport will have the critical mass necessary to really gain that momentum is contingent on the the social status of women in their respective countries. It's so hard mm-hmm. to grow a sport if, if women in certain countries where they're more oppressed don't have the ability to play. Do you find yourself ever in situations as an athlete, an internationally known athlete globally, where you are having to push not just your sport, uh, but also for social change that could be incredibly controversial maybe in other countries obviously even even here in the u.s but in other countries as well yeah very much so and luckily you know there are organizations um called fief pro where they basically are in charge of fighting for every player's rights every national team men's women's youth doesn't matter um and so you know we work with them um quite a bit we've got players that are actually on that task force where we're really trying to get into all these different countries and help establish maybe it's a domestic league or if, even if it's just organizing a friendly for the first time um because some of these countries don't have the infrastructure to organize and send you know bring in um another federation to to play a match and so there's some areas that need you know so, so, so much work. And I think it's wonderful that there are organizations that are very cognizant of that and are an open communication with those people in order to, you know, ask what they need and then how we can get them, the, you know, the resources that they need. So a lot of work is being done. We're not, like I said before, not where we need to be. Um, but I think we're making strides in the right direction. Becky Sauerbrunn, St. Louisan, with the U.S. women's national team. They've got the friendly coming up at City Park against Ireland. And before we, we talk about that game, what are your soccer has always been very popular in St. Louis. Um, you know, the the high school I went, I went to Granite City High School, and when I was there, mm. it was both boys and girls were really really strong programs. They used to have the the, the tournament of champions would come through and. And all of the soccer players there, um, you know, there were so many of them. That was like the sport to play when you were a kid. But St. Louis has always had that really strong presence of soccer. Is it nationally recognized as such? I would absolutely think that St. Louis is nationally recognized. I think. That is Becky Sauerbrunn. She is with the U.S. Women's National Team here in St. Louis for a match against Ireland tomorrow, and you can hear more of that on the show with Chris Ranji and Amy Marks-Cores. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News Team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.